Thank you for listening to this audio recording from the University of Sheffield. Focal point for meetings and black market trade. Soapboxes are rarely seen around Sheffield these days. Groups and individuals still get on their metaphorical soapboxes to protest, speak out or otherwise court the public, with recent demonstrations and controversies witnessed at the Cenotaph War Memorial at Barker's Pool, as well as outside the Town Hall and up and down Fargate. Yet there is no single point of congregation for the outspoken, unlike in the Sheffield of 1914. The Queen Victoria Monument, then located in Town Hall Square at the corner of Fargate and Surrey Street, was the city's focal point for public meetings and black market trade, a handy stone soapbox. Since the 1890s, when William Morris addressed crowds and Edward Carpenter organised meetings of the Sheffield Socialist Club and distributed pamphlets at the Jubilee Monolith, which stood on the site of and was replaced by the Victoria Monument in 1905, the location was a magnet for radicals, roustabouts and ranters. In 1889, an anarchist called Robert Bingham was prosecuted for making a public speech at the monolith site, almost being convicted for incitement to murder, for arguing that killing left-wing traitors was not a crime. In March 1914, the City Council moved to ban public meetings at the Queen's Monument, citing disruption to traffic as the main objection. The Sheffield Daily Telegraph opines in its Thursday 12th of March paper how... We are very glad indeed about the ban and sent reporters to note down samples of the free speech being made at the monument. These show the prevalence of quack medicines and new theology. Traders and hucksters had come from miles around, like the socialists who congregated at the monolith at the turn of the century, to ply their wares to Sheffield's public. But the location was seen as vital and symbolic by many groups. On Sunday the 8th of March, between 3 and 4,000 people, representing a variety of political and social organisations, came out to protest against the council. They argued for the vital need of a central open space for the public ventilation of grievances and the discussion of questions of general interest. Trade unionists, labourites and suffragists argued that the council's decision reflected a more general crackdown on the discussion of radical ideas in British society. After a lively debate in the council chambers, which perhaps reveals how the argument based on traffic was used as an excuse to shut down illicit trade and left-wing radicals, the council decided that meetings would only be allowed to continue at the monument until the end of August. Of course, by the end of August, Sheffield would be so entirely distracted by the outbreak of war that the monument debate was silenced. Still, Sheffield's heritage of radicals and agitators lived on, Figures such as Albert Ginger Goodwin, a Rotherham miner who emigrated to Canada before the war, and J.T. Murphy, a Winkerbank shop stewards movement leader, campaigned against conscription and organised large-scale protests among working communities during the First World War. Sheffield's radical community, symbolised by the people congregated at the Queen's Monument, would meet its strongest opponent in that war. Was it ever the same again? The monument, which had been unveiled by Princess Beatrice on 11th of May 1905, remained in place until it was removed to Encliffe Park on the 24th of February 1930, where it stands in the same park as the Jubilee monolith to this day. Do you have any stories about the public meetings at the Queen's Monument? Or are you related to any of Sheffield's troublemakers of 1914? Feel free to get in touch with the project to let us know.